The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Uh, Pre-market adding to Monday's gains as we get this dovish surprise from Australia's central bank. Hiking rates less than expected, raising the perceived likelihood of peak hikes. Uh, Two-year yield got awfully close to 2% this morning. Our roadmap begins with uh, Wall Street's rally mode. Stocks are set for more gains at the open. As investors await new commentary from the Fed, three speakers will cross the tape this hour. Plus, oil prices are rising on talk that OPEC may agree to uh, the biggest output cut since COVID hit. And watching Credit Suisse, the shares actually recovering slightly uh, so far in trading today. This, of course, after hitting an all-time low yesterday. Of course, still a lot of market skittishness about that Swiss bank's future. Let's begin with the markets poised to extend yesterday's rally, Jim. And I wonder if you think uh, the RBA is material here. Well, look, I I think what's really material, yes, is, is that any good news is met with the belief that it's phony. So you have a piece by uh, my friends at Goldman, Dave Kostin. He said S&P 500 remains in bear market territory amid rising rates. Uh, uh, Katie Uber now doing some interesting things. She's doing some chart work. Um, right at the end of the tunnel, maybe an earnings recession train. Uh, a lot of people seem to think, David, mm. did anyone think that this light at the end of the tunnel might be an oncoming train? Did they think that was like <laughs> new? I mean, they, I, I know that really is, is bo- it's really disturbing you how often that uh, that is used. Well, they must use the same writer, Alan Brady or something. Old, I, mean, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it's a train coming at you. I know. I'm tired of it as well. Why is the Let's I, get rid of it. How about it's a canary in a coal mine? Can we ban it? Can we, uh, only if we bear, ban canary in coal mine. Okay, we can do that too. Okay. Time will tell. Jury's still Bible out. T- oh my! <laughs> that jury, heels that jury's taken the forever. Jury's still out. Ugh. I mean, that's that's something. That's a multi-year. It's a runaway that's grand true. jury. Actually, also, I like uh, when it comes to the market action. It's just positioning. Oh, don't you love that? Yeah, it's positioning. Mm-hmm. I think we could just end the show now. We're, we're, really, what it is yesterday, is positioning. Frank, yesterday, I wanted to tell him. I didn't get to say it. There are more buyers than sellers. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that we got that out of the way, mm. um, you do have the VIX below thirty today for the first time in more than a week. Look, I felt that yesterday was the most disbelieved, disbelieved rally in the history of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everyone I talked to said, look, it's, it's this one off. It's over. Now, the experience is, is that if this market does not collapse by 11 o'clock, this is a brand new kind of recipe for a rally. So, David, I look at things and say, no no research. Here's a, here's a piece from Bank of America. What's, what's ugly third quarter? What has changed? Are we in the third quarter? What? No, we're in the fourth quarter now. What has changed? Well, I'm saying about ugly. What, oh, how is this like that we, an ugly we view the third quarter? Yeah, I mean, what other is, than the, the calendar, what, what has changed? What um, has changed? There's a belief from the two year that we are about to have some soft numbers. So let's say we get uh, a soft number of any sort on, fri- on the employment number, then people are going to say, why didn't I buy? I mean, look at the two-year, David. It's now it's yeah. close to going under 4%. 4%. And as we have pointed out many times of late, it is the key that you want to watch for this market. As yeah, I mean, you and I we, like to talk about David, the key to this market. talk about stocks like Amazon. By the way, there, 
just in terms of like the hilarity of the street, there's a sum of the parts piece today about Amazon yeah. saying you're getting retail for free. Did you know that? Well, it might be a good thing because I'm not sure retail makes a lot of money. No, no, you're right. And then, then I, okay, I'm just going to stay it. I almost feel like I have to stand up. Should I stand up? Sure. All right. Okay. Poshmark got a bid. Poshmark? Poshmark yes. got a bid. There's a from deal South for Bear. Posh. There's a deal for Posh. Okay. Glad you told me that. Spice is going to get a deal next. <laughs> po- no, that's unfair. It's SPCE. It's like, a, it's like uh, over a billion mean. dollar deal, right? It's not only a billion dollar deal, but I've had the company on. And the company's a real company, but it was class of the, it was part of the, the, the dumb class. Mm. I was in the dumb class until, until fifth grade. No, actually, fifth grade is in the dumb class. The they dumb- don't track anymore. What do we call the dumb class? I'm just on the calendar. What year? What are we talking? 2020? 2021. 21, right? But Posh, was, Posh is a company that is part of that whole apparel business that, you know, but it's also home decor, it's beauty, and it's a money loser. And for a money loser to get a bid makes me say, uh-oh, this company's called Naver to acquire Poshmark, that maybe we're at that moment at last where these companies are so low David, that they're getting bids. Well, there's that. Uh, there's, as we said, uh, the trajectory of rates in other central banks. Yes. There's Dalio uh, finally saying, when facts change, I change my Wasn't mind. Wasn't that something? Cash is no longer trash. I, I saw that, and I said, oh, my, he is going with Maynard Keynes. And uh, we are beginning to see some people saying enough is enough. And I think that it's been, since November, it's been pretty grim. What happens if Powell, people are starting to talk about, this is some culture years, Powell might be winning. Powell what? Might be winning. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but the analysts are just so, it's just, do not believe it. It's just, <laughs> this is all just tomfoolery. You're going to just, you're going to get crushed, David. You're going to get crushed if you come in here and buy Rivian. What was she, what was Kathy Mine yesterday? Tell me what the PE on, you know, tell me what the numbers look like for next year. Okay, give me right, a that's PE great number, point. and that's all if I really want. The PE is what it is right now. It's, then you're buying it 15 times, and everyone says that's a bargain. Of course, if it turns out that the PE, the earnings are much too high, then you're probably paying 18 times. And that's too high. And that's too high. And we have more to go on the downside. Yes. Now, we want to make people at home understand we're talking about if earnings are going to be down next year, the market, obviously, you can't have a down year and expect the market not to be down from here. But the other thing that's happening is, is that we all thought oil was going to collapse. Oil stabilizing somehow is being viewed in this market as positive. And now we all have decided that Apple's no good. Like, you know, JP, JP Morton, Bank of America, they all, they all hate it. How about the App Store commentary? Once again, we get negative App Store commentary from Bank of America, store declines, and the stock is finally on fire. So I don't know. The Oh, and then here, uh, the Jonas Brothers throws in the towel oh, yes. on, on September. I'm seeing Ed Sheeran at the link. I don't know, maybe the Jonas Brothers, maybe it's good as open for Ed Sheeran, this guy. But he says September auto sales, inventory up, residuals down, rates up. Well, his, his, his larger down. point is, I told you not to buy a car, to wait, and your patience is finally paying off now that inventories are at a 17-month high. I had Mercedes-Benz on yesterday. You should take a this new EQ, their lineup, the electric lineup, much faster. There's charging stations all over the place. In New York, David, there's how many more charging stations than there are gas stations? Uh, I don't know. Carl gave me a number yesterday that says there are more. Well, there in, aren't, in there's Manhattan. No, Manhattan. Manhattan. There are no Manhattan. gas stations in Manhattan. In that's Manhattan. the problem. Because that's the thing. There's only like seven gas stations in Manhattan. I saw 3.30 for gas going into uh, Hong Kong. 3.30. 3.30. 
Uh, so I guess the question is, are you, are you going to chase this, Jim? Are you going to chase it or not? Yeah. We're all in for the, for the Chapel Trust. Really? Yeah. You're all in? As we yeah, look I'm at kinda, what uh, Adam Jones and also Morgan need, Stanley wrote. actually need the market to go higher. That's how big we got, how much we bought. When and, did you uh, buy? All last week because the market was so oversold. I used the S&P oscillators. Minus 10 has been other than 2007 that you had to buy. You had to hold your nose and bias, we told well, you. Perhaps you're not alone. Um, although, but it was right. You see, we were right. You didn't say... You, you didn't say uh, well, you were right so far. It's only uh, Tuesday morning at uh, 9.08. Tuesday morning's a stock. As someone said, S&P's on pace for a 60% increase this well, morning. Well, I'm telling you, fourth quarter's doing we, we have to just, look, you need a very soft, you need one part of that number on Friday to be soft. The PMI was soft yesterday. It was a big surprise. Everyone expected it. So you'd be starting to see these central banks kind of blinking. Really? Dave Powell's not blinking. You sit here every single day saying he's not blinking well, until but how wages it? start to come down no. and people really start to lose their jobs and and savings really go down. It's happening. It's what I've been hearing from this person. David, nice have you spoken day. to anybody who has a, a 401k? Yes. I mean, they don't. None of them. You know, I, we're back to that. I didn't I, look. I, I, I was. I was. I was in Philadelphia. Well. I said, you know, hey, um, I said, how's your stock portfolio doing? I know. I, I stopped looking at that a long time ago. You know that that's that's, that's what a sign of do. they stop the, uh, looking. You know the uh, the stages of grief. It's a sign of capitulation at that point when you uh, when you stop looking. That's and the then Costin, uh, Mr. Negative, had that piece yesterday about 100 billion being taken out by people. Right. How do you come up with that figure? I don't know. I don't know the mysterious ways of. Some trying to argue that 100 billion out of uh, households for the whole year isn't that a huge deal. No, and you know, look, our baby boomers who may be nuts to keep the money in, but I just feel like that we're, there are signs, there are signs uh, that that this rally has until Friday. <laughs> until Friday? But, um, now, what does Vladimir Putin have to say about that? I, I don't know, he's sending trains of nuclear weapons. I mean, because that is sort of, it's not even an outlier anymore. It comes up in every conversation, which well, is frightening in and of itself. Well, I mean, I, I was with some people about. last night trying to figure out where, how far a dirty bomb does go. And I said, well, I think that the idea that we're discussing this is not great. I mean, although if you remember Chernobyl, they had the readings in Sweden, uh, the big, big radiation jump. So I don't think that you can contain it. I mean, he nuke. obviously was talking about a tactical nuclear weapon, not a dirty bomb, which just spreads radiation. Well, but a tactical Actually. nuclear weapon, he's got 2,000 of them. He's the most, why, they, they turned out, it, I know that there's not a lot of people in Russia, and I know it's like bigger, you know, same size as Texas. But they turned out to have a corner on fertilizer, uh, on natural gas. I mean, the, the economy is the same size as Texas. Yes. Okay. On natural gas, uh, on oil. They have nuclear weapons, and everyone is, all the countries in Europe are trying to figure out whether there are, there's a lot of talk. And by the way, Musk has joined the talk yes, he has. of the idea that the Ukrainians should capitulate, which I thought was kind he of... He got reamed for it. Reamed for it by Zelensky, reamed yeah. for it by the Kiev Post. Well, look, I got to tell you, I am the fifth most hated person on Twitter, after Putin, by the way, and she... And I got a feeling he's going to leapfrog me up to that company. Yeah, my experience has been people who have great success as he has and have made billions of dollars seem to think that it, their expertise then extends to subjects throughout humankind. 
that's I the would, most profound thing. I would without a doubt said. defer to Elon Musk on so many different things because he is brilliant. But want to talk to me about solar, want to talk to me about space, want to talk to me about electric cars. But you know what? Does he know anything more than we do about No, but I think his, his calling for his calling for for the Ukrainians to capitulate, not popular anywhere other than in the Kremlin. He continues to think that the world cares about his every utterance. Well, we just mentioned it. We did. Well, he's I guess they do. When, and when he right. owns Twitter, what are we going to do? When he owns Twitter, is he going to? Is he going to? He's going to have his own. He's going to have his own. It's a mandatory feed. You have to follow. You have to follow. Be Twitter Musk. Maybe bring Trump back. Would bring Trump back? Guys, still to come, uh, our boss, NBC Universal Chief Jeff Schell, is here discussing streaming, theme parks, and a lot more. Got some calls on media names like Paramount today. Got news on Berkshire, Micron, Boeing. A lot more squawk on the street in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Another busy day for autos. Let's get forward September sales with our Phil LeBeau. Hey, Phil. Uh, Carl, how are you? We have Ford sales down 8.9%. That's a little bit better than the expectation from Edmunds.com, which was for a decline, I believe, of 12.8%. And really what you're seeing here is the story uh, that we've seen from a number of other automakers. They've been able to gradually increase their production in the third quarter, and that's why the sales are coming in just a little bit better than expected. But make no mistake, Ford, along with other automakers, they mean they remain constricted by how much they can build because of the supply chain. Remember, they issued guidance that the Q3 revenue would be light of expectations because they have 40 to 45,000 vehicles that are built but not fully finished, and therefore they cannot deliver them to the dealers who then will then sell them to customers. So as a result, what you're seeing here is uh, an improvement certainly compared to uh, September of, uh, or compared to earlier this year in terms of uh, sales, uh, but you also are seeing an industry is certainly not back to where it was pre-pandemic levels. Phil, talk to us about uh, inventory. We mentioned the Jonas note this morning uh, and the prospect yep. of uh, lower prices because there's at least more uh, a new day supply, as they say, right? Right. You're up to about 30 to 32 days supply for the dealers. At the worst of the pandemic, it was down somewhere in the 22 to 24 days supply. I mean, that, that, that's just ridiculous when you were down there. And that's why Adam Jonas is out with this note saying, look, we are starting to see an increase in the number of new day supply at dealerships. However, let's keep in mind that 30 to 32 day supply 
is nowhere close to what a normal market is for the auto industry, which is 65 to 70 days supply. So yes, inventory is gradually increasing, but it's a long ways from what we would call normal. And then they think the contention of Adam Jonas is you add in higher interest rates, you add in uh, this inventory that is starting to build here, uh, that you're starting to see prices come down, or we will start to see that. We're not seeing it a lot yet. We might be seeing it on the used market, certainly on the lower end of the used market. But guys, I talked with a dealer uh, just a couple of days ago, and he's getting strong pricing. He is not seeing diminished pricing. So it's still out there in terms of near record high prices in terms of new vehicles. And that's what we saw in September. I think the average transaction price um, or the average amount financed over 41000 compared to 38000 a year ago. So you, you still see very high pricing. Yeah, but I know that uh, the Bronco uh, F-150 still because of that nameplate issue, they've sold this, but it's just the shortage. But, you know, I, I spoke with uh, the people from Mercedes-Benz yesterday, Phil. Uh, they yeah. are making such a push into EV do you think that Ford yeah. is capable Uli. of really doing the EV number that they're talking about? Because Mercedes wants to own this market. They do want to own it, but everybody wants to own it, Jim. I, I, look, yeah, I, I, I give Mercedes credit in that they do believe that this is where you have to be. And whether it's the EQS, the EQB, or the whole lineup that is coming, uh, look, those are impl- impressive vehicles. But, Jim, did you see the price tag on the EQS? Guess where it's starting at right now. <laughs> oh. I'm you know where it is. <laughs> Not more than 90. You know where it is. 104,000. 104,000. Now, now look, I understand there will be people. And I know there will be people who will sit there and say, well, it's early. It's the first edition models. Pricing will come down over time. Sure, pricing will come down over time. But in the meantime, you know who's got the hammer when it comes to supply chain, when it comes to manufacturing, when it comes to name recognition in the EV market? Yep. You and I both know who it is. It's Elon Musk. Yep. And he's putting that hammer down right now. Elon Putin Musk. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know what the greatest greatest bargain was, Phil? The, the Bronco that my daughter got for $55,000. i am not kidding. That was a long line. But it is a car that turns heads. Ford is, uh, has a lineup that turns heads. you got to give them that, Phil. They really do and they're have new some the, great-looking cars. And they're cars. new, Jim. When, yeah. when you have the new cadence of new vehicles, that's when you can really make headway. And that's what Jim Farley and his team are doing right now. You'd rather be, and some of this comes into where you come into your administration as a CEO. Some of this is because they're coming in right as they have these new wave of vehicles that are coming out. So, Carl, they they will benefit from that, no doubt. Uh, Phil, we'll check in with you in a bit. Uh, important numbers. And we'll talk about uh, Kathy Wood buying some Tesla yesterday. Fascinating moment in autos. Yeah. Fascinating. We'll get Kramer's Phil's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take a look at the pre-market here as we get Tuesday underway. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.
As we said, Bulls are going to try to make it day two of gains after yesterday's outsized gains. Futures are pretty good. Yields with some relief, as Jim mentioned, the two-year got basically to 4.03 or so. Uh, opening bell is a few moments away. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, let's get to uh, a mad dash on this Tuesday. We've got about a little uh, more than three minutes before we get started with trading here. It's a mad dash where I need your help. I'm, I'm here for you. Okay, there was a piece by uh, Moffat Nathanson today, mm-hmm. Michael Nathanson. It's called Netflix Curb Your Enthusiasm. A lot of people are very excited about the advertising tier. Okay? Yes. Now, the Netflix stock has actually, of the FANG stocks, outperformed since the uh, early spring. It has. It's actually, during the third quarter, it was one of the best performers. One of the best performers. So my question is, David, how many people are really going to want the commercial tier? Because if it's great, you know, that could reflect positively on Disney and on other systems. Yes. And you have a very important interview coming up. I do. Uh, that's actually something as well. Uh, we'll talk to Jeff Shell about, a man who runs NBC Universal, in part because Peacock was the first to offer Right from its outset, right. uh, the ad tier being an, a key part of the offering. But, Jim, what I have heard, and I'm sure Michael Nathanson's heard it too, because, you know, he speaks to a lot of investors, is a lot of positive res- potential response to the idea that uh, an ad-supported video on demand or video streaming uh, at Netflix will be well-received. I know. That they've got good people in there. They've got good technology using Microsoft that they're probably now, again, I don't know what he's saying, but I'm hearing maybe they'll launch it sooner than had been anticipated. They've still been talking about early next year, but I'm hearing it could be as soon as November. Um, and that it's going to do very well. Raising 2023 estimates by 10% to 1020. But then what's the curb your enthusiasm well, part Well, I mean, of it? It, it, I think it's, should we be skeptical? Uh, because there are some lines that are skeptical. But, uh, because, and, but that's because so many people have thought that this is the savior. And I don't know whether that's the case, and that's something to ask Jeff. Well, and Disney, of course, is coming with its ad-supported service um, in December. When I yes. spoke to Bob Chapek a couple of weeks ago, you know, he indicated, and at the Goldman Conference itself in his remarks, neutral at worst and potentially accretive uh, overall in terms of, all right, what if you lose people from the full pay? That's right. not a bad thing. Right. In fact, because the advertising equals, if not makes up, if not exceeds the revenue number. Well, Disney's been a terrible performer for my travel trust, and a lot of it was the idea that somehow it was going to fix the balance sheet during this period. Uh, anything that indicates that the losses are stabilizing, uh, which would be the Netflix fees, basically, you know, for, for advertising, is really fabulous. So I think that, that Moffat Nathan is right, that the hype is so great. But the fact is, the numbers go up, and this is a media company. Media company numbers going up, David. Positive right. revisions. Isn't that in itself noteworthy? Yes. It is. Thank you. Let's get to the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big board. It is specialty materials company, Materian, celebrating its 50th listing anniversary at the NASDAQ American Electric Power, doing the honors as um, we'll try to get above... 3,700 here, Jim, at the open. And some technicians last night looking at 3850, maybe a buy. We left here on Friday with a level of despair that made me feel like I just don't know who's still left to sell. Uh, And, of course, I was watching the semiconductors, which were incredibly bad performers. Now, we have back-to-back days where NVIDIA, 
is doing well. And even though there are some clarifications of what we're going to block to China, and NVIDIA figures very highly in it. Advanced Micro is down from 170. Qualcomm, David, you know, was at 160, 170, doing a lot of auto stuff. So people are starting, this is a group that was so despised that I guess maybe people, the sellers finished or is it short covering? I don't know. You don't know? No, because the group is, all the numbers are too high. Still too high. Yeah, they're still too high. Because of gaming. Gaming just failed to come back. That's why the same reason why the App Store is not doing well. Because of gaming. Gaming, right. David, turned out to be Peloton. It turned out to be Docker. So we've, we've, we've flushed it out before. Yeah. We talked about 2018, and it was weak for a quarter or two, and then growth resumed. Well, uh, I, I have to tell you that I think that Advanced Micro, the crushing of that stock is overdone. But uh, when you look at the well, charts NVIDIA and, and David's and, and Chartist. NVIDIA and AMD are down roughly the same for, for the year. 56% for NVIDIA, 52.5%. Yeah, yeah, but for but you, you, you got to think about the multiples here. And, and advanced by AMD, its multiple is back to 15, okay? Right. And NVIDIA, which is a faster grower, admittedly, uh, you, you, you got one that's double that. Well, it's actually 37. So one's cheaper than the other. Mm-hmm. And the one that's cheapest has, there's been no sign of any deterioration by Advanced Micro. And I wonder, David, what do you think of Intel with uh, doing Mobileye here, whether there is a chance that there could be a comeback for Intel? Are you asking me that question so that I can turn around and ask you that question, Jim? Yes, exactly. Okay, that's what I thought. It, it sounded a, like one of those It was a rhetorical question. Uh, you've um, known me for too long. Yes, Someone this weekend asked me, says, do you and David get along? Oh, I get that all the time. All the time. Me and David get along. They really like each other. Yeah, because I, I, I've just been seeing a lot of antipathy. <laughs> it's not antipathy. It's 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 love. Love. Yeah, it's love. It's love. Well, yeah. Um, I, mean, I never say sorry to you. Chief. No, exactly. That's because, right? We love even, is never having to say you're no, sorry. We have just not, to make that clear for everybody. <laughs> we've not talked about. You're Ali McGraw, and yes. he's uh, Ryan O'Neill. Amazing, <laughs> amazing book too. Um, David, yes, we did not. Off. We have not talked about. Uh, wait, I want to stop for one second on Intel because you, you you did answer it in a way, but right. did I miss it? Was there a moment when AMD's market cap passed that of Intel, or uh, or are they neck and neck? Because I like to I like to mark those no, moments. They did. The same AMD, way that AMD I did, did with, pass it. with Verizon AMD uh, did and pass it. T-Mobile. I mean, the idea that Intel would have a smaller market value, it doesn't right now. Oh, because we all. It's $2 billion ahead. We all remember. Of AMD when. They're around the same size. Now they're, I mean, they're Remember when Jerry Sanders ran AMD and we always felt that Intel kept them alive so there'd be no AMD. Exactly, exactly. Which, by the way, I understand was. It's amazing. Uh, Speaking of uh, chips, uh, this story in the Syracuse paper today that Micron. Micron. Is going to pledge 100 billion dollars to build a mega complex of computer chip plants in Syracuse's northern suburbs. Jim, this would be the largest single private investment in the history of New York State. Well, I think that um, Senator Schumer's worked hard. Uh, Plug Power, there's a note today. Uh, It's actually a number cut, but to try to get a lot of industrial uh, upstate. I would say that Sanjay Marocha played his hand pretty closely because he was here last week. I know. Uh, reporting, giving a forecast that was highly negative, and the stock is doing quite well since the forecast. It's true. At, uh, Isn't was it something? Yeah. I mean, we did question, wonder at the time, was it sold out? Did it bottom in a sense because this was expected and or 
even worse might have been anticipated. Yeah, because I think, there was nothing particularly positive about that forecast. No, nothing. Wouldn't nothing it be amazing, though, if you had Arizona, Texas, Ohio, New York all competing for this reshoring or at least increase in capacity? We, our productivity in this country is weak. Our educational system is weak. Do we have enough people to build these? Now, I know once you open a fab, it doesn't require a lot of people, but do no. we have enough people? I mean, if, if Honeywell can't find 5,500 it's, it's a really good question, and I think we probably should ask one of our guests in the future about that. Uh, uh, you know, New York State has uh, a number of universities, obviously, that produce a lot of scientists up sure. there in upstate. You've got RPI, not to mention, obviously, Cornell, Rochester. Syracuse itself, Rochester. The president just put out a statement as well. Uh, well never bet against the American people. Today's another win for America, another massive new investment spurred by our well, economy. How many years is that stretching so over? So it's, uh, it's, it's $20 billion this for, decade, over, 100 over 20 years. Still, look, Micron is the one. Let's give them credit. They're the one that's been here the whole time. They've been building the whole time. They are America's semi-company. And, they have another top, effort underway in another state as well previously? In Ohio. In, uh, that they're spending you know, sort of enormous investments, obviously spread over a very long period of time and spurred by that CHIPS Act. Boy, of uh, that was signed. Commerce Secretary Raimondo has reached out to both sides of the aisle. Has done a lot of building. I do think that the big question will be: Do we have the people? I mean, we are short-staffed everywhere, and uh, we're particularly short-staffed when it comes to this kind of thing. And it's worrisome because we don't have the education. I love the fact you're right about those universities, but we have not been a place where we've produced a lot of engineers. That's one of the reasons why Taiwan Semi was able to become right. the most important company. It is, and Samsung, by the way, now matching them in that two, they're getting down to two nanometer technology, I think. Yes, I two, which is incredible, because five was going to be a five very was big it. deal. Obviously, we talked about Intel earlier. The the key misstep there was just missing missing a transition. Yeah, you know what we are good at? Bolero, Opco, piece about bowling alleys. This is the number two player in bowling. We know how, how did we go bowling. from chips to bowling? Well, because I'm saying this is what we're really good at, is we're good at entertainment. We're back to that again. We're back to soft drinks and entertainment. <laughs> Remember we, we had that manufacturing renaissance? I, I was doing, I was channeling Will Frost. <laughs> A renaissance? The renaissance. We, we do have an upgrade of uh, Domino's Evidence Lab. Evidence Lab. Was Evidence Lab? Yep. And they're talking about the... We're good at pizza, the, too. They're, they're talk- <laughs> and getting it to you wherever you are, yeah, whenever yeah, Well, you they're talking it. about that. The promotion's doing very well. Uh, and it's about time, because this thing has been in free fall. Uh, and, uh, wow, look at that. But, I, geez, the shorts are covering like mad. Just mad. You know, there's a lot of positive comments. Yeah, you know, it, nothing like a rally like yesterday, Jim, to bring out the, the positive catalyst watch. Calls oh. City on JPM today. Did you read that? Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I've, been, earnings beat. I've been speaking to a lot of the banks, and they tell me, stay tuned. It could be, uh, you might be surprised. In a, in a good way? In a good way. Stay tuned. Um, that Amazon piece you referenced earlier on uh, some of the parts you seems, get to to free, be having, seems to be having a positive impact. That was a Amazon great piece. Shares. It's just that the they issue has well been where was forming sort of their peer group, as I like to talk about at the mega caps. People so have hated a- at Amazon forever. They've just hated Amazon. Hey, David, did you see that Bed Bath, I got the creditors are organizing? Hedge fund, what? No. That's an ape Oh, yeah, stock. I did see that. I did see that. How about the lithium upgrade? I, all right, you're going you know through all hate, your stuff. If you know gonna, who hates the high price of lithium? What? Putin, I mean, uh, uh, Musk. 
I'm just leave, we're going to leave you out there with that one. <laughs> I'm not worried. No, you're not. He spent $80 million on the Starlink for I don't play Ukraine. for dinner. No, I know. Why? I, how about, I, you, know, listen, you know, here's a Disney. Nobody. This, did you see this damning with fame praise Disney? Cutting numbers, but, you know, loving it. Well, when we mentioned uh, the Wells downgrade of Paramount today, I'm sure. Well, what is, what's the word on that? Standard? And a downgrade of Comcast is a part of that as well. Um, they're talking about the, uh, you know, the decline of the linear cable ecosystem I saw uh, that. overall, that uh, although piece. shares of our parent uh, company are up this morning. Had a nice day yesterday. But as you see, of course, a very, very difficult year. Guys, I wanted to uh, come to a special situation, small company, but Uts. one that we Uts. know. Oh. Sculptor Capital Management. Isn't that Danny Ock? Correct. Danny Ock. You know, I can't get anything by you. Danny Ock. I worked with Danny. Danny Ock. I know you did at Goldman Sachs uh, 100 years ago. Uh, uh, Danny is not happy. Um, you know, I mean, he sued He sued uh, Jimmy Levin, the CEO of Danny Ock. Uh, this was this oh, summer sculptor, yeah. after he paid himself $145 million bucks in 2021. Um they sued him on escalating compensation awards. They wanted emails, text messages. So that continues. But why we're talking about this now is because of a 13D. Uh, he still owns uh, Danny about 12.3%. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Me neither. Um, and he, in a uh, filing and, a, and a, uh, an accompanying letter as well, uh, he basically says, hey, we've been contacted by third parties that want to buy this company. Let me read you the uh, key parts here. I, as well as other founding partners, have been contacted by several third parties who have asked us whether the company might be open to a strategic transaction that would not involve current senior management continuing, continuing to run the company. So, I mean, this is a, a soap opera. Uh, again, a small, relatively small company. Although people may remember when Oxif went public originally. It was yes. the first of many of these asset managers to try to go public. Um, and then he goes on from there as well to talk about his fear that the board's prior actions and omissions have facilitated the entrenchment of the company's existing management team um, despite his poor performance and the company cannot afford for the board to continue to put the interests of management above those of stockholders. So wanted to note that because it's a nasty fight. It's getting a bit nastier but as well the stock is up on this idea that hey he says at least there are third parties that want to own the company. So yes it's a battle of say uh would you say rich people are, are you? It's a, yes, it's a battle of very wealthy people. For its part, the returns at Oxif for many years were pedestrian, but that was the that was the business model. Never lose money. Yeah. Just bring it in and don't lose it, and don't lose money I mean, on it, and have games that are you know. Danny's been tremendously charitable. Sure. I think it matters. Absolutely. Always had to bring it up. Why not? Why not? Jim, one thing that caught our eye today was this piece in Barron's about Berkshire's Vice Chairman Greg Abel, uh, likely successor to Buffett, buying $68 million of the company's shares last Thursday in what appears to be his first purchase since he assumed that position in 18. I think that's significant. I like that stock very much. I mean, I like, I like the rails. I think they can come back. But I'm a pipeline believer, and the pipelines are fantastic businesses. Uh, the insurance business is fantastic. I think Evan Greenberg would tell you that right now with rates where they are. So the, the, the pastiche that is Berkshire Hathaway is all great, and no one's talking about it. I think it's quite wrong. It's really the right stock for this moment. They have fantastic pipeline business, and I think pipelines are at a, should be valued at a premium, yet they're valued at a discount. You can't build a pipeline in this country, for heaven's sake. So if you have one, you're going to be able to raise prices. 
So I like you can raise prices on insurance, you can raise prices on, on uh, not, not rails, but raise prices on, on any sort of gas transport or oil transport. Um, guys, since we spent a lot of time on it yesterday, it is worth noting shares of Credit Suisse are having a good uh, day. Yeah. You know, the company continuing to reassure uh, its customers, its employees, obviously its counterparties, and anybody else who wants to listen that it doesn't need to raise capital, that its liquidity is strong. You typically want third parties to do that for you, uh, as opposed to you, as opposed you to management. Let's be honest, you keep hearing UBS, right? No, I, no, I, I don't hear UBS. Listen, if it, there's no way that the Swiss government would ever no. let this company this. That's this why the Lehman moment, they're already in there's place no to moment bail it out. And one way to do that would obviously say, all right, you're, we're, you know, they can force right. a merger with right. UBS. But that doesn't mean that's happening. We're still waiting for the 27th. Um, but there continues to be this belief that ultimately they are going to need to somehow raise equity for a split, for funding businesses that are obviously kind of, or for providing a capital cushion for businesses that are in runoff, that therefore the revenues are declining very rapidly on. We'll see. Um, but it is notable that the stock has rebounded quite a bit from that all-time low that it did hit yesterday. I, I have to tell you that that fear-mongering yesterday, I think, was a lot of uh the, the way you can manipulate stocks on, in Twitter. It was just tremendous. Can be. You also remember, I mean, there's always that time that people come in and start on, you start on the credit default swaps, you get everybody worried there, and then, you, hey, look what's happening to the credit default swaps, because you can move that market sometimes pretty easily, and then the stock follows through. So there is, you're right, there, can, there is often a lot of game. there are a lot of games that you can play here. You'd hope that right. that would not be the case. And story brand. Um, but again, that, you know, for those who are uninitiated, that's sort of, right. let's call it insurance on their debt, right? So right. if there's a decline, that's a good thing. When exactly. it costs more, it's a bad thing. Now, I'm going to just give you a traditional couple of calls. Uh, Deutsche Bank comes out with a call saying, listen, you should own Starbucks. That's my travel, travel trust name. We've been buying it ever since we went out and visited them. And I think Starbucks had some annual forecasts that I think I think would be good. We don't know, just my own work. But I think that Starbucks is the one company in that has not been hurt by China. I mean, their China numbers are better than everybody else's. Certainly better than Nike's last week. So I like this call. Out, I, I like the Deutsche Bank call. But they're saying that McDonald's is weaker. And McDonald's has been a trusted name during a slowdown. But this is the second call in the last week that we've had that McDonald's is going to going to miss the numbers. I think Starbucks is the safer bet here. I think that uh, Howard Schultz, in a very short period of time, made a technological improvement because cold brew, 75%, and they can make cold brew faster than anyone now. They were so slow for cold brew that one of us actually mentioned that we like Dunkin' Donuts cold brew, and I think Howard uh, took it personally. Yeah, that, he tends to do yeah, that. that person got kicked out of the roastery, David. That's what we call it. Kicked out of the roastery. <laughs> it's like voted off the island. Well, guys, uh, 3760 is about a 10-day high. Only three names on the S&P are red. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Carl. It is another risk-on rally. Now, what does that mean? There are several sectors that I watch every day, and if they're outperforming, then it's risk-on. They're usually cyclical-related. What are they? 
Number one is metals and mining stocks. They're leading today. They're outperforming. Uh, number two, semiconductor stocks. They also are leading and outperforming. Number three are the transports. There's three risk-on groups. When they're outperforming, it's definitely a risk-on day. Energy's doing well, of course, because we've got uh, West Texas Intermediate uh, knocking on the door at $86. So there's what's going on. And look at some of these metal stocks. Uh, some of them are up 10% in two days. Uh, Freeport's the leader. You always want to watch that. But Century Aluminum, Clean. Cleveland Cliffs, Alcoa, these are all classic metals. And again, they had a big outperformance yesterday, uh, and that is continuing today. Same with the transports. FedEx has finally started go, stopped going down. FedEx is up about 5% uh, this week. And the airlines, you know how terrible. They were all at new lows uh, a, day, a couple days ago. Uh, they've been bouncing in the last couple of days. And the railroads, which were also at new lows, uh-huh, they're also bouncing. There you go. So it's sort of a, a risk-on rally. Now, there's a chorus of international agencies that have been coming out in the last few weeks complaining about central banks raising rates. The United uh, Nations Conference on Trade and Development, UNCTD, came out late yesterday saying that central banks were too focused on dampening inflationary pressures. They say there's a real danger the policy remedy could prove worse than the economic disease. Basically, stop raising interest rates. You're killing us. Now, remember, this agency works on behalf of de developing countries around the world. But what really got everybody's attention overnight was the, uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, Philip Lowe, who's a the governor there, got this comment. Now, they only raised the 25 basis points, not 50. So they're at 2.6 percent. But he said the cash rate has been increased substantially in a short period of time. Reflecting this, the board decided to increase the cash rate by 25 basis points this month as it assesses the outlook for inflation and economic growth in Australia. There's the magic word, folks, assesses the outlook. That is a central bank pause. The bulls are screaming, here you go. Here's the first one to actually have a pause. It's not a pivot, but it's a pause. That's good enough. Now, does this actually translate from Australia into the United States? We don't know, obviously. But take a look at the S&P 500. We saw the real rally started yesterday, guys, around 10 a.m. What happened then? That was when we got the ISM manufacturing reports. We got prices paid lower. We got new orders weaker. This is kind of what the Federal Reserve wants, right? And we did see a real move up starting at 10 a.m. So I think that's when the real rally started. We're getting it again today. We're more than 125 uh, points higher in the S&P 500 since that ISM report came out. So, uh, all right, does the Reserve Bank of Australia make a difference? Maybe a little, but I think economic news has been trending our way a little bit. So, Carl, we seem to be in the midst of a tradable rally, whether it's a bottom or not, who knows, but we've certainly got a tradable rally. Back to you. Bassani, as we go to break, uh, take a look at bonds this morning as we see the Dow up another 600 points today. Uh, Two-year, back to 409 or so, just below 41. Uh, plenty of Fed speak today as well. We got Logan, Williams, Mester, Jefferson, Daly. Only two names on the S&P Red, Dollar Tree and Dollar General. Back in a moment. Take a look at the heat map. Every component green here as we've reclaimed 30K on the Dow. Uh, led higher by, uh, you see, uh, there's Boeing near the top. Even some of the defensive names, Procter & Merck, also in the green. We'll get uh, stop trading with Jim in just a moment. Well, let's get to Jim and stop trading. Right, Carl, you referenced the uh, heat map Procter & Gamble, which is a position that's owned by my travel trust that has been a longstanding, not acting that well. It's got a 2.82% yield, but it's got things going for it for this particular market. The, the two-year going down in uh, yield versus the 2.82. The number of pieces today about how the plastic complex is coming down. They use a huge amount of plastic. They use a huge amount of paper for all the different wrapping. Papers come down. Uh, most importantly, the dollars now had a, actually had 
five straight negative days, and the dollars really, really hurt them. So uh, if you want a blue chip to buy that is down substantially, 165 to 129, you should consider Procter & Gamble. All right, Jim, how about tonight? Okay, we have uh, Suntory, which is a company that's huge in beverages from Europe. And then Vladcorp celebrating the conclusion of the Biohaven. Uh, that's a, I'm the sp- chief spokesman for the American Migraine Foundation. And that deal for uh, Nurtec, which is his drug, is now completed by Pfizer. And I think it's going to be blockbuster. Billions of dollars. Because that man has spent a lot of time, as I hope people think I have, educating people that there are some things for migraine. As someone who suffered 27 out of 30 days and proud to use Nurtec when I have a gym. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see Je- uh, Jeff Shell on uh, it being interviewed by David, our boss. Yes, very soon. Up, oh, I see him warming up in the bullpen. And I'll tell you, lost O'Hares look pretty good, speaking of someone from the West Coast. Dodgers. Do- Do- is anyone won more games than the Dodgers? No, the Dodgers are up. 110. Un- they're up un- by 27 un- games from yeah, somebody that's years. over 500. It's yes. craziness. Crazy town. Thank you. Baseball, thanks you, Jim. Uh, we'll see you later, Jim. Uh, down up 632. We're going to stay on top of this morning's rally. As the as Jim's right, dollar index below 111. S&P's added almost 200 points in two days. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash.